what kills me are the, the slurs <laughs> for the Federation people. Like, you got your pink skins from the Andorians. <laughs> Which you will never stop making me angry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> pink like skins will never stop making me angry. white people there. Like, that's what kills me. It's like, you've only seen white humans. Exactly. Travis, Travis is right there right on the bridge, there. my guy. Like, he's, come on, Shran. <laughs> Travis is on camera every time he talks to Archer. And he's like, pink skins. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Alert Podcast, your melanated reference for all things Star Trek across all four quadrants. Today, the bridge crew, Travis, Dre, T, and I will be discussing alien races, stereotypes, and tropes. Let's get into it. Let's do this. Let's talk about these. Uh, Let's talk about these Klingons from the original series. Let's just go ahead oh, and go back to the old. And go back. Yeah, let's go back to the beginnings. Star Trek's yeah. humble beginnings, man. Humble beginnings. Okay. Are we going to call it humble beginnings? I guess. That's humble. Humble. With Gene okay, Roddenberry, probably not. They're, they're weird beginnings, all right? Because TOS was <laughs> out there for its time. Let's not, let's not lie. It was, so it was, it was weird. Klingons were problematic from jump. Yeah, so I mean, picture it, 1966, Vietnam War, Kennedy Civil Rights Movement, the U.S. versus the world. So we've got this depiction of the Klingons as Asian, Asian-ish villains. Asian-coded uh, with and their long the, mustaches. Uh, Yo, Which, the mustaches I, give it away, in my opinion. You're like, yeah. wait a minute. But then you Google it, right? So I went and looked it up, and, you know, we refer to it as a quote-unquote Fu Manchu, which, by the way, is from a book written by a white author, by the way, and the mustache only comes in, not in the written form of it, but in the, the television form of it. And so it becomes part of the sort of cultural understanding of villainous Asians, and I'm putting that in, in quotations. That's how we've come to the, the understanding of at least the Klingons in the TOS era as being uh, coded as sort of communist China. Feudal, you know, yes, it. yeah. Because there's this part in, uh, and this is the episode we're talking about is season one, episode 26, Aaron of Mercy. What we're talking about in that is there's a scene where Kor is listing the rules and regulations of this now Klingon occupied planet where you now can't speak against the state because you'll be arrested. The state picks you up and sort of beats you to keep you in line. And so they're, they're, they're playing towards what Western thought of communism is. Yeah, yeah. definitely played into a Cold War communism uh, kind of perspective. And uh, I think that's, you know, pretty much generally accepted even back then uh, was that the creators were using the Klingons to be a uh, thinly veiled uh, Russian analog or rather Soviet analog because we we eventually had Russians, but uh, on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah, the, the Klingons, there's, there's no question uh, with those guys who they were supposed to be and what they were. Yeah, and even when you look at the makeup, it's this uh, brown. They were basically brown face, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like the bronze, yeah. Yeah, they, they did like the bronzy, darker type makeup. And it's just like, seriously, y'all did that? Yeah, they did. They did it. it which which brings to the point of like what Travis mentioned about eventually we get a, a Russian character on the bridge of the Enterprise. So a Russian character from the Cold War in which Russia is the on the other side of, of this conflict, at least from the American perspective, is allowed on the bridge. But the Klingons, which are supposed to em- embody that ideology, are darkened. So it seems to draw a line between which communists are acceptable exactly. and which aren't. And yep. it seems that white, at least in this context, the white communists would be allowed to be welcomed easier than those from a non-white country. Well, I, some folks might not agree with that, but I think I think putting these two things together, it seems to indicate that that is what's occurring there. I mean, we, we don't all believe that like the 1960s Star Trek embodies like 100% perfection when it comes to acceptance of different different races, I would say. 
Yeah, it's definitely not um, perfect. It's it's nice, much better than everything else we were watching on, or not we, but uh, folks were watching on TV yeah, I wasn't back here. then. I, I was uh, not I around in there. the 60s. No. <laughs> um, at the same time, you know, it, uh, we have to look at it now and uh, see how far they still had to go. And uh, there was some distance. It's weird going back and looking at all of this because, you know, my primary reason for watching Star Trek was my dad, and he was fighting to Viet Cong in 66 to 68. And even I remember, you know, when he would tell me about his feelings towards, you know, being over there, he said the depiction of the, the North Vietnamese people and the place, you know, what you see on TV is not as accurate as you obviously would imagine. It was actually a beautiful place, beautiful people. Obviously we were there for the wrong wrong reasons. We can get into that for another, on another time. But uh, the, the depiction of the people, you know, these brown people fighting against other brown folks like being it, it felt weird for him so definitely the depiction of north vietnamese north koreans versus russians who we were also fighting and also in the space race uh also in cuba you know we were dealing with that with the bay of pigs um i, I wonder where that lens came from in terms of the creation of this of these characters. Sword well, asked in. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Dre. No, I mean, they were very much formed from we're fighting this war and we need an enemy <laughs> to kind of show up regularly. Who do we not have? Who does America not have so great feelings about right now? Oh, Asian communists? Okay, <laughs> we can use them. So I think it was, it was just a product of the times. And that's how we get these weird Klingons in, in TOS. And I I suppose <laughs> I haven't seen the episode yet. Enterprise, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I... The fourth season enterprise not the earlier ones which are more to to the later Klingons which we'll cover in the next episode but it, it's interesting to think about it because it seems like at least from our perspective and some of watching the other series that Star Trek does seem to draw from outside influences like particularly social and political ones to create their alien races and as a result we get some not so nice versions of aliens and I know we're going to cover those. Dre is, is ready to go in on one. <laughs> She's ready. Are we going to keep talking about the TOS Klingons? Are we ready to go into... Well, before we jump into the next uh, species, I did want to uh, build on something that you were just saying, though, Tia, is mm. that, um, yeah, I mean, they Star Trek always draws on the real world in order to create their, you know, their situations. And mm. often that's uh, because of their, you know, often those situations include alien species. Um, I always saw, not always, but once, one, once I started paying attention to it a bit more, I realized that part of the, the, the problem was that they didn't have folks in the writer's rooms that represented any of these people that they're writing about. Mm -hmm. So it was always easy for them, easier for them to write in broad, generic strokes and hit and write from stereotypes than it was to actually create characters so 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 yeah obviously well not obviously but they didn't have um, anyone from a, a communist country um, to stand in for the Klingons in the in the writers room they didn't uh, we'll get into the 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 next couple next species that I know dre wants to talk about and uh, they certainly uh, didn't have any of those folks in the writers room so I'm gonna stand back and department though like, you know, he's like, here, this is the character we're building. We want you to make them look like this. And like, and it, you know, the makeup is like, Are you sure? All right. Yeah. Like, do I well, wear it's, a, it's the 1960s, though, right? So <laughs> they would probably be like, all right, that. All right, I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, there was a couple times where in TOS you like, yo, y'all did that with the makeup. They have mortgages like to pay. Asian, <laughs> but see, their mortgages <laughs> were <laughs> Negro three, like because <laughs> there's some controversy about the white woman who was in brown face and was to be supposed to be a Hindu woman, oh. and it was like, oh, yeah. yo, y'all yes. did that? Oh no. <laughs> I'm yes. trying to recall if they did 
I think Core, I was looking for a picture of the actor outside of the makeup because I swear that they did the taping. Like, I, I thought that they had Hulk done the taping for Core in Aaron and Mercy. And I had to, I was, I still can't find a picture of the actor outside of the makeup. Look for, um, pictures of Baltar from the original Battlestar Galactica. The same actor? Yeah, John Calico has played both. Okay. Oh, okay, original series. Hold on. <laughs> they're pulling yeah, it's up. Not they're the James Callis. I'm like, hold on, I know what James Callis <laughs> looks like. <laughs> <laughs> of this makeup and it's really like even the the, the uh the little action figure is like a red yeah. <laughs> yes oh. not and not great at all and, and it's it's so obvious that the the tos klingons are they're all portrayed by white dudes in brown makeup which which they carried over and I know we're not going to talk about the later Klingons but that's the one feature of the Klingons that they felt necessary to carry over is the, the darkened skin yeah. and it seems kind of strange to and me the, the mustache you know this like goatee look yeah, but the and, thing is they, they add wavy hair long wavy wild hair and like I said I'm going to stop here all right. I'm going to yeah. stop here. So <laughs> next up, who, who, who do we want to drag this week? Dre, let's, let's, who's your favorite? So uh, my biggest pet peeve is the Jim Hadar. Okay. And I have a whole list as to why these aliens are so problematic. Key Jim Hadar episodes, though, they're introduced in season two, episode 26. They're in the Gamma Quadrant. They're on this, this planet. Drake and Nog are doing a science project. They get snatched up. <laughs> by the Jim Hadar and the problems start from jump but we don't really see how problematic they are until season 3 of episode 6 The Abandoned and that's when Cork finds the little humanoid baby and he goes from infant to Jim Hadar foot soldier in 3 days and f- for me that's coded as black people, particularly black men. They don't live past 25, 26, you know, at best. Right. Um, and he's addicted to, we find out he's genetically engineered to be addicted to Ketracel white crack. Or crack. <laughs> Let's face it. It was crack. And he's bred. He's, he just wants to fight. And he's, he's angry all the time. Again, that's another way that black people have been coded in television. We're all violent. We all want to fight um our young men have to our young men and boys have to be controlled and and also with him aging so rapidly that's another way that black people are are viewed as different from everyone else Mm -hmm. um our children are not seen as children as young as the age of five our kids are viewed as more mature um more more capable of being violent able to to lie at such a young age you know little black girls yeah i mean we we saw the horrible video with how some of our kids are are treated you know the little girl that got pepper sprayed and and kids being body slammed and stuff we're talking about kids that are 9 10 13 even even 15 16 year olds so it's it was another thing that I, i just look at and i'm like wow really okay and then we also find out jim hadar they're not born they're bread. They're bread. They're no bread. Yeah, there are no women Jim Hadar. They only breed male Jim Hadar. They don't create families. They just die. Yeah, they live to serve the founders and they die. And for those of you who don't know, yes, black people as slaves, we were bred. Look it up. Look it up. That's all I'm going to say about that. So they don't have families. They, They eat. No, actually, they don't even eat. They don't, they don't eat. eat. They, they, they don't crack. sleep. They don't drink. They got the crack, and that's all they need. Um. Like, <laughs> that's the part that irritates me so much is that, you know, they, they discover they're born with a crack addiction, and it's the 90s, folks. So this it's is... Reagan Bush era. Like, this yeah. is... You have to view this episode in context of the time period. And in that time, we were discussing, like, black children being born addicted to drugs. Yep. And so here we have Star Trek, and... I love DS9, and I think it's the most race-conscious of these Star Treks, at least when it comes from, uh, like, Cisco's perspective. Yes. 
but it has sort of the same failings as some of the other series in that it tries to take from the sort of social and political aspect around, around it and fails at it because it doesn't really treat it with the care that it should. Right. Dre mentioned them being born violent and angry. And, and, you know, we were discussing this before we started going into the episode, but that is a common trope in Star Trek. The, the species that is inherently violent and destructive and can't be considered as part of civilized and in quotation civilized society. Right. And so you have there, you always have to view them as this animal. That's that you have to tread lightly. Tre- yeah. Yes, that's irredeemable and you have to tread lightly around. Which is why I was so disappointed with the way the abandon ended. We see the young Jim Hadar dude. Um, he basically demands, you let me go or I'm going to kill everyone uh, on this station. I'm going to kill as many people as possible. And I already know I'm superior. And that was the other thing. He was pro- He was genetically bred to believe he's superior to everyone one else on the space station except for Odo, right? And mm-hmm. so he basically demands take me to the Gamma Quadrant, drop me off, or I'm wrecking shop and killing everybody on this station. I, I don't care. Man, woman, child. I don't care. So, you know, even with Odo trying to help him, um, it doesn't it doesn't get through and it just reinforces that, well, you know, they can't be saved, so may as well let them go out and do all the killing they want, as long as it isn't us. Do we, is, is this more, do we think it's coded or is it an insensitive portrayal? Because I feel like when I hear Tia, Tia's description of it, this is more of, more in line with what I, I was talking about before about how, you know, they try to make this social commentary, but because it's so awkward that it comes off being offensive. I don't know. I, I don't know. I probably... <laughs> I don't know I, either. I mean, they're they're bred to believe, like like Dre was saying, the Vorta and the and the changelings, the founders, are the top superior groups in the entire galaxy. And the Vorta are themselves like not like they're just they're the overseer, right? Yeah. <laughs> On the plantation, yep. they're not the owners. The founders are the owners. The Vorta are the overseers, and the Jem'Hadar are the the slaves that work outside. I would say. Mm-hmm. I think they had to have known what they were doing when they put that aspect into the Jem'Hadar. Mm-hmm. The the genetic predisposition to serve the Vorta, yep. who, who are an all-white alien species. Clones, yes, but an all-white alien species. And the founders, who are, you know, technically don't have a race, but when they're in there, we semi-look like Odo form. They're all white. Yep. And then we have the Jem'Hadar, at least in the most, abandoned. Yeah, mostly like black, black actors. An entire yeah. black actor from birth to adulthood. Yep. Which, you know, four days adulthood. Uh, but so, you know, there, you kind of can't view it as anything else other than it being coded as being black. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean that it wasn't supposed to be coded like the, it wasn't supposed to be black, but I just meant that rather than it be like a subtext, that it was actually the text. Oh, okay. But they, but they weren't being sensitive about how they, how they made it the text. Like, it might be on purpose. Like, they were going for the for the slave thing. They were going for the being manipulated by drugs, that kind of thing. Because, you know, like you, you said before, Ray, um, we had just come out of that, well, not come out of that era. We were, it was the early 90s, and it was like Clinton was president, but it was coming out of, you know, Reagan Bush. So we, we that the whole being controlled by drugs and, you know, the violence and everything else, all that was like on the table and on the front, the front pages. So, you know, they created the Jem Hadar. They could have created the Jem'Hadar almost as a commentary on those things because, I mean, they, it was the villains who created them. But it came off so heavy-handed primarily because they didn't have, again, anybody in the writer's room to say, let's do this a little bit more sensitively because, I mean, there's only so much Avery Brooks can do. Yeah, yeah, that's true, which he clearly had a lot of hand in how Cisco was portrayed. But you're right. 
right, not having black people in the in writers' room, it led to a lot of these problems with uh, with the Jim Hadar and and what we see them as in the hierarchy for the Dominion. It's like Tia said, founders they're the slave owners, uh, Vorta or the are the overseers, and then you got the Jim Hadar who are the slaves, and the Ketrasel White is used to control those slaves and ensure their loyalty. And prior to crack being introduced in the black community, I'm going to go ahead and say that slaves were, we were controlled with the idea of 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 heaven and and that was used to control us because if you want to be you know if you want to go to good heaven and have a better life than what you have here then you got to be a good slave and to be a good slave is to listen to your master the, and, and, and the overseers and everybody who's over you who's white right so it went from religion being the crack to well we're actually going to put them on drugs um that's that's the way that that i i've always viewed that um i know some people who are religion is going to be like what but yeah i i mean i've, I mean, I've always felt that that, uh, that the image of jesus game. right is, is yeah. a prime example like jesus it's, is a a middle eastern person and yes. the depictions in a lot of our our american christian imagery are a blonde-haired blue-eyed jesus for the for the vorta and the jim hadar changelings are gods they worship them as gods and that was why in the abandoned odo was the only person who could control Control the Jim Hadar baby that they found because he was like, you're one of my gods. And like he knew he hadn't even seen Odo before, but he just he just sees Odo and immediately he 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 bows and to Odo. And I'm just like, are you serious? So that was the that's another thing. The iconography of a white God that black people have always been directed to look to for salvation. There it is right there with the Jim Hadar and the Vorta. Um, Just speaking on the 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 church and religion, um, this is a side note outside of Star Trek. There's a great uh, documentary series going on uh, with Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. about the black church and the foundings of spirituality and religion for black people in this country. So if anybody wants to check that out, I think it's on PBS. It aired a few weeks ago, but it'll pop up somewhere. But definitely take a look at that. But I I definitely do agree with that, what you were saying, this idea of control. There's always some form of something to control the other, the, the, the person mm-hmm. that's so either yeah. used with drugs or an ideology or through force. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we thing. get that in the episode to the death where we had the um, Jim Hadar who were who were one off. They were renegades, and these other Jim Hadar and Wayun. I want to say it's like Wayun number one or two is sent to go after these one off Jim Hadar. They're not obedient, so go out, find them, kill them, and that's exactly what we see. They're like there are disloyal Jim Hadar, and if it were not for us killing, having to kill them, we would kill you, Captain Sisko. And I'm like, oh, no. It was basically like they were black slave patrol members. I was going to Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they were they black slave star. patrols, right? Yeah, they just didn't have the, the ability. star going on. Yeah. That was it. That was that was it because they even turned on Wei Yun. Like they turned on the border dude. They're like, we don't like you. Pow. They just vaporized him. <laughs> Like we don't like you, dude. You did. Um, give us our white and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, give us our crap, man. Give us our crap. <laughs> you know. But here was the crazy reason as to why they killed him. They questioned like he questioned our loyalty. Man, you should be questioning your loyalty. Hello, mm-hmm. you're a, you're a slave in this caste system in yeah, what's essentially that, yeah. yeah what's essentially a, a, a Nazi empire. Let's go ahead and be real about what the founders were. They were they were freaking Nazis, all right. Um, and so for you to just continuously default to your genetic programming and not try and figure out a way to try and break free from any of that oh it's just so it's terrible i'm trying to remember the episode where we actually do see uh there is a jim hadar he's 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 high up he was high up and then he talks about how he went several days without the crack um and he was trying to get other jim hadar to also 
not be addicted to the crap because he saw it. He knew he was like, this is how they control us with the white. And because I don't need it anymore, they don't have control over me, who I am and what it is I can and can't do. He just really saw everything about the dominion and what it really was. And he's like, we're just lambs to the slaughter. They don't respect us. They don't have anything for us to do other than kill or die in battle. Um, victory is not life, <laughs> which I hate that phrase, by the way. I freaking hate that phrase. And so we get the, 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 this one Jim Hadar who was actually like, yo, this is messed up. You, you got me and my boys out here just all messed up. I think that was the Hippocratic Oath. I think. I'm not yeah. 100%. Yeah, because wasn't um, Julian trying to find a substitute? Because the dude was like, well, maybe if you give us a substitute, we can stroke, we can wean ourselves off the white. And Julian was like, no, I, I, I can't. And kudos to Julian for trying. But at the end of the day, there was only so much he could do. And this just goes to how sinister the the changelings were when they engineered the Jim Hadar and created them. You couldn't even replicate a, a, a catcher cell substitute for these guys because it was talked about in the abandoned what better way to control people than to have something they need that only you can give them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. possibly come back. They have to. Yeah, you know, Dre, Dre, though, the, the way you're describing this sounds like they were fairly insightful with how they wrote the, with how they wrote the Jem Hadar. Not so much uh, insensitively, but it sounds like this was a, a good thing that Trek did. Am I in some off? Ways, in some ways, yes. Uh-huh. I, I, I will give you that, Travis. Um, but at the same time, it's just done. It's just done in a way that is really just insensitive, and 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 so much about the Jim Hadar is just very, very similar to the Black experience, in particular, the Black experience in the United States. Well, yeah, I would say that they're at least playing up the the fear of Black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On site, you worry about what's about to happen to you. Like just an appearance of a Jim Hadar means that your life is in danger, even if they're not even worried about you. So the audience, they, they're using the Jim Hadar to sort of wink towards the audience. Like, you know what this feeling is like mm-hmm. when you see those out there. This is how you feel. You feel mm-hmm. anxious. You feel clutch your purse. You or, cross the street. Yes. You lock your doors. Yes. Yeah. Because Jim Hadar can't be better. They, nope, they can't. They are trusted. In- they can never They're be more there. than what they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They're incapable of being something more. Uh, They're incapable. What they were but I yeah. would have to ask the question, though. At the end of DS9, founders have been sated. Odo goes back to his planet. Are the Jim Hadar still being produced, or do they no longer exist? Um, In the Alpha Quadrant, we know that ain't happening. In the, in the mm-hmm. Beta Quadrant, but the Gamma Quadrant, um, probably, yeah. I'm going to say yes, because you there think- was only the treaty the treaty in my from what i saw at the end of the deep space nine it was like okay you guys are for sure gonna leave the the alpha quadrant and and subsequently the beta quadrant so y'all are gonna leave this these two parts of space you're gonna go back to the gamma quadrant and when we get to the gamma quadrant you can do what you want but if you see federation ships uh romulan ships whoever rolling through there you don't get to kill anybody we ain't gonna mess with what it is you do, but leave us alone. We just want to explore. So I'm gonna say that, territory. right? I'm gonna say they were able to continue to do what it is they wanted to do in their territory. If the Jim Hadar are bred just to fight, and that's their instinct, because this is how they were made. Yeah. If there is no war, what do you need the Jim Hadar for? Keep everyone else that you have under subjugation. Their police force. What? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's their police. Oh, yeah. ah. Yeah, because yeah. so, remember yeah. the Dominion had a good chunk of the Gamma Quadrant under That's their true. control, and it had been that way for thousands of years. By the time the Federation and the wormhole and stuff like that comes along, um, the founders had been in charge for like over two thousand years. But that's like the evolution of the police in general, right? Pretty much from slave right. patrol to modern exactly. day police to soldiers to, to the soldiers sa- to yeah, police. In the uh, South. crack addicted. 
police force of the Gamma Quadrant. And it's it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, in order to maintain control, I'm going to say that they still had Jim Hadar that they were producing. Because you still, oh, this planet's out of line. Jim Hadar, go get him some act right. You know, I mean, but you don't think Odo would step in and be like, ah, maybe we should create some Jim Hadar without the crack addiction. Odo was a traitor for a long time, remember? Yeah, but he goes back to the Great Link at the end of the series. Yeah, he does. But it was only to save his people. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if while he's in there, he's not influencing them in a number of ways. I, I would hope that's why he went back. Yeah. Well, they were sick because he's the one that was the carrier for the disease. Which the killing. Federation ain't shit for it. I hope Yo! I can't wait to cover that because let me tell you, the Federation ain't shit in a it's lot like of these what? series. It's like what the fourth time they tried to commit genocide. Genocide that like we see already. That we see they tried to commit genocide. Like a fourth of my time, could say what I needed to say. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so Odo goes back, not necessarily to um, course correct his people, but to definitely save them because he was he went from being the carrier of the disease that infected all of them to being the carrier of the cure for all of them. So yeah. um, I, he uh, he it's. It's, it's very possible he did that, but Odo was also one off as a changeling. We have to remember that. He embraced being around the solids <laughs> way more than most. He was that one changeling where they were like, seriously, you you like them? <laughs> Listen, man, shit, like, Odo, why you, you, like, ain't, yeah, you, ain't, you ain't nothing. You ain't shit, man. Forget you. Solids, we gonna kill them all. Yeah. Which, this is so, like, this is a question I pose on Twitter. Like, well, we, we have all these alien races, and we do see, like, black versions of some of these aliens. Like, we have black, we've seen black Bajorans, we've seen black Vulcans, we've seen black Romulans. Black Romulans. We've we seen all black these Cardassians, other. too. Yes. We get some black Cardassians. I gotta go but... check that one out, because I'm like, aren't they all gray? They but, are gray, but underneath but all of that, you could kind of... I guess, like, Seska is like a lazy Cardassian makeup from Voyager, but, because she wasn't even, like, gray she didn't have all the ridges but uh, my, my thing was like uh, are the black aliens treated any differently than it like there were a couple of black extras on the Enterprise somewhere we don't know their name and so I don't know we I know with the Jim Hadar and we, we talked about this before we started recording um, it's, it's mostly changelings in um, Vorta under the makeup they're they're white. <laughs> yeah. But as far as the characters go, you know, you've got um, the black Vulcans are just treated like Vulcans, that that whole thing. The, it, it only really comes down to the separation, and we, we did talk about this a little bit before, with Klingons. Mm-hmm. Because you never see a black actor play the, uh, the, the chancellor of the Klingons. I mean, I think Tony Todd was the only Klingon who had a seat on the high council. Only black oh, Kern, Klingon, right? yeah, Kern. who had a seat on the high council, and that was only after the Worf situation. So I don't, you know, in general, they hire black. They they get black Klingons to be like your straight up fighter Klingons. The, the Klingons <laughs> are going to be the the most belligerent. They're but the white Klingons, are, yeah. exactly. The white Klingons are always the officer class Klingon. Yeah. 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 Ooh. yeah. Until Takuma in Discovery. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But outside but of that... Takuma dies, like, instantly, though. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of a thing, though, because that <laughs> actor has to... Well, huh? I mean, that's the, that's the whole black people in horror trope, though, right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> black person's always the always first die. I don't understand this, though. Yo, I just watched this episode where fun. Travis was chilling on the bridge. He dies. And they don't mention it. <laughs> now he's back alive because we did some weird time travel shit. Yes. But he died right next to everybody and, and no they don't cared. say anything. <laughs> he's your best helmsman. How can you not care? <laughs> Serious? <laughs> Poor Travis. Oh, gosh. Enterprise. We love our Travis, though. If anything happened to you, Travis, we'd be like, our boy. I appreciate that. I would, I would pour down. one out for you, man. I would pour one out for you, not gonna lie. At least shoot me out of the photon torpedo. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, God. oh goodness. Okay. But yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, um, the Jim Hadar that is, they're just so, you know, they're so problematic for me. And that's mainly <laughs> a lot of the reasons why, um, just how they're controlled, how they're, how they're bred, how they're artificially aged in a matter of days. Um, they, they don't have families. They don't have anything to really care about other than victory is life, which again, I hate. And just, it was something that could have been done better. And I get it. You, you need to, you need to have a big baddie, um, in Star Trek, uh, for it to, to create the dramatic element and things like that. But these guys in particular, for me, they just were not it at all. I think it might have worked better if they'd had if they'd had an arc if they'd had all those things and we at some point they would have been better and if Cisco helped them find the way to someplace better would have been real symbolic really I, I think strong storytelling and maybe not even uh, Ben Cisco could have been Jake Cisco because Jake yeah. was already on his character arc of finding his own way yeah. if they had, they had done something like that and had uh the the Jem Hadar be able to learn to break free of all of the ways that they were being controlled. Yeah, it, it might have been stronger. Yeah, and they had a chance to to do that because we see what happens when the Kardashians are like, wait a minute, we might be on the wrong side. Um, y'all, Gold Ducat, he messed up. We got to get out of it. It's like that would have been a really great way for them to be like, hey, y'all, we got to replacement for that crack that they keep y'all on so you know um you ain't gotta fight with them just fight the power with fight us. for us <laughs> yeah fight, fight for us and then um you know um we'll let you free <laughs> you know uh, like it's <laughs> give us free. give us us free okay like we are talking about Cardassians here um, exactly. yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know if they would have held up they, that end of the bargain but still um, that that would have been a little bit of a better lens. Be like, and hey, they can be redeemable. You can be something other than a fighter. You can be something other than violent and murderous. You ain't got to be addicted to crack, kid. You ain't got it, man. Just say no. You can do that now. <laughs> what was it? The crack is Starfleet Dare. <laughs> crack is whack, right? Starfleet Dare. Jesus. Catch your cell as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Catch your cell as hell. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> we talked about this being the 90s and Jim Hadar being like very black Blackish. interpretations. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing the is, that did not stop there. So we go over to Voyager, which is airing at the same time. And we have a Voyager-only race that gets introduced in the pilot called the Kazon. Now, you heard Black Alert Podcast drag them before, but we have to cover who they are and how they're presented as a species in the series. And it's like anti-black part duh. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. Because... Mm. Yeah. And this one we have I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a quote after I say this bit. The Kazon are one hundred percent supposed to be the California West Coast based black gangs. Okay? These are supposed to be some Crips and Bloods, okay? And now here comes the receipts. <clears throat> According to showrunner Jerry Taylor, we felt with the Kazon we need to address the tenor of our times and what was happening in our cities and recognizing a source of danger and social unrest. We wanted to do that metaphorically. Pillar says, Our intention was to create a sort of disorganized anarchy, them against them as much as them against us. Now, the reason we say the Kazon are based on West Coast gangs are that the Kazon are a species that are split into, I think, initiation says 18 factions, and but that, according to not Nog, because it's Aaron Eisenberg playing the Kazon yeah. teenager... <laughs> 
that number changes daily. The Kazan are split into different factions that are at war with each other all the time. In fact, that's sort of illustrated that they're based off of American-based gangs in the episode Initiations when uh, Chakotay is flying. Yeah, yeah, well, Chakotay is flying through their space, and we have this scene with a, a Kazan officer saying, "We should teach them the price of displaying their colors in our space." <laughs> Can I what? throw things now? Can I just throw I'm something? not even just... finished. Now, people are like, oh, oh that's words. reaching. That's reaching, y'all. That's reaching. Well, let me tell you the history of the Kazon. The Kazon were initially an enslaved species. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were enslaved by the trade. That's art. Damn it. Okay. They were enslaved by the trade. And the trade would, as uh, M- Mabus, who stops to talk to uh, Jane Wade about an alliance, tells her that we encouraged them to fight amongst themselves so they wouldn't focus on us. And so the Kazon were put into gangs on the Trave's planet as their slaves and told to fight each other. And so once they they come together at one moment to overthrow the Trave and they are using the Trave's technology, their ships, their weapons, their so because they didn't have these things on their own as slaves. And by the way, they were in ghettos without saying ghettos they put them in ghettos too and so this now we've moved into alliances which is in season two as well and so there's this weird thing where they are also sort of coded as inherently violent yep Right. Janeway doesn't even want to deal with them because they're violent. And then the other characters interact with them in a way that is hella racist. Like you go watch Alliances and, you know, Neelix is sitting there and he was like, oh, yeah, they stole the Trave's technology. Everything they have was stolen from the Trave. And it's like, dude, the Trave enslaved them. Yep. Like they were they were slaves. And, you know, Chakotay is like, well, this happened 30 years ago. You know, the Klingons are still trying to punish you for that. What? I'm not kidding, Travis. Alliances is a hot-ass mess. <sighs> yeah, bro. Look, them first two seasons, actually, those first three seasons of Voyager are sketch, especially dealing with the Kazons. And here's another messed-up thing with the Kazon. They're entirely sexist as hell. Yep. They're females. You don't see any women. But you don't never see them. Except you for don't see any women. Seska was, Seska was one-off. But she's Cardassian. Uh, she was Cardassian. Yeah. She is. But they still were like, who are you to speak to us like that female? female. Like, oh God, it's, they it was, have no love for mess. women. And no, no. But here's here's the thing about the gang culture part, though. So in initiations, uh, not Nog is a, a third, <laughs> is a teenager who uh, has to go out and murder someone to gain his name. Yep. So he has. To, it's like a gang initiation where he would go out and commit some sort of violent act to be considered part of the gang. Oh my God. And so he has to yep. go out and kill someone to be a member to get his his case and here's him. the here's the and here's the kicker Chicote was like um couldn't you not do this and <laughs> run away and he was like nah man cause if I do then they uh I rolled up to some other Kazon and uh they're gonna know I ain't one of them and they're gonna take a take a finger or yeah, they cut or off a finger and I was like wait what <laughs> what <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. So they basically justified these people's slavery. Yes. Yes. And, and then they thing. justified them continuing to fight amongst themselves. Basically. And apparently, if you look at the Kazon, one of the ways to distinguish between them was the not hair that's their hair and their clothing. And it's like, serious? Wait, that's yeah. not their hair. It's it's their hair, but it don't look like hair. We oh, okay. we talked about this in the in the okay. hair episode. So like, it, it is hair, but it's it is, okay. Okay. but it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the crazy thing is, there's this scene between mm. Neelix, Tuvok, and Janeway, where Neelix is telling uh, the captain about the trade, and he was like, the trade, and I have the direct quote here. He says the trade were rich and powerful because of that. They were able to manipulate the information about enslaving the Kazon. Because Jane, Janeway asks, like, why didn't anyone know that the Kazon were enslaved? And then Neelix goes on to say to talk about how. Also, no one really looked into it because they didn't want to hurt their their trade source mm-hmm. because the, the trade were super rich. And you know, this you is know, the part. Sounds where, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> sounds 
sounds really familiar. We don't, don't want to destroy what we have. Our yeah. flow yeah. to rectify this problem to yeah. help someone who is a slave and being owned by somebody. No, you know, we're making money. It don't matter. I didn't. I didn't yeah. watch Voyager a lot, but I've been playing Star Trek Online a whole lot, and we. I just got through the Delta Quadrant missions, mm-hmm. and I'm learning that everybody in the Delta Quadrant is trash. Like this is awful. This, this is terrible. The Janeway certainly came across all the trash. Like that's. <laughs> Yo. But the Kazon, I think the Kazon were treated unfairly in this. Yeah. Thing. Because uh, when you watch alliances, you know Janeway and Chakotay. Not, I would say not Tuvok. Tuvok's more like ah, you kind of need to watch them. I understand what you're trying to do, but you you sure you want to trust them? But they immediately react to the trade, who are by the way more just completely white actors with trust. And Chakotay says because they were displaced from their planet by the Kazon rising up against their situation that they quote unquote learn their lesson. It seems oh like they've God. learned their lesson. And so Jane Chakotay said this. Yes. About, about Chakotay. The trade. Yes. Ch- Chakotay, who is oh an indigenous character. <laughs> says this about the colonizer's trade, like the slave-owning trade. When he himself was trying to be a freedom fighter against the Federation, and the Cardassians, because of what happened to his people in the Cardassian Federation demilitarized zone and that whole fiasco, back to Deep Space Nine, yeah, and it's like, why would you of all people side with the oppressors, dude? And talk about his own people. Thank you. Oh my god. Tool, so His own people, the, not just in yeah. space, but on Earth, my guy. What are you? Yeah. What you? What are you saying? <sighs> yeah, yeah. So that's wow. happening over the course of our history of human history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one group, you know, they they're pretending or they are fighting for their people, yeah. but but also putting down the another group. Yep. Okay, so that they wow. get a, a leg up. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and and you know raise are myself you- by putting you down. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the story of uh, immigration to the U.S., isn't it? Yep. Every time yep. another group comes in, you know, they say, hey, they bring, they, the they, they bring disease, they bring all kinds of social irregularities that cause us problems. And I just but in, like, what? but in order to mainstream, they start to uh, talk down the people who yeah. are the, the lower social. I put that in air quotes, yeah. too, the lower social class already here. Yeah. Wow. There's a show on, I don't know uh, if anyone's peeped at it. It's called Warrior. Um, it was actually Bruce Lee's uh, project before he died. Mm. Um, and his daughter is an executive producer on, it's on Cinemax, but now I think it's on HBO Max. And it talks about the, you know, the Chinese in San Francisco in 1878. And of course, mm. deal with the Irish and then the mm. Americans and that whole clash of, you know, cultures there. Wow. It definitely picks apart this, you know, you've got the Irish who are fighting for work, but then the Chinese are Come, you know, so-called being flooded into America to take their jobs. Uh-huh. But then proximity of whiteness kicks in, and then the yeah. Irish are good, and everyone yep. else is a problem. And everybody else is the problem, including the former slaves, because at the time that yeah. you see a lot of Chinese coming over to help with build railroads, railroads. on the on the west coast you have on the east coast irish and the european immigrants and then in the south you have the the, the newly freed slaves who are also trying to find their place and then you have the native americans who are just completely being ignored so wow that's um i would definitely yeah. take a look at that series wow it's, yeah. it's pretty bloody but it's good um it, it reminds me of peaky blinders mm. Uh, mm, okay yeah, it's, it's got that, that vibe to it. But yeah, it, it definitely plays on those uh, ethnic hatreds and those culture mm-hmm. clashes and, and the fight for to get out of poverty, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they what they inserted into the Kazon. Uh, particularly those of us who've seen Voyager, like one of the things that gets pushed forward all the time is that the Kazon have nothing. Yep, exactly. They're barbaric, they're cruel, they're worse than Klingons. They can't uh, do anything for themselves. themselves. They have to, yeah, they have to steal everyone yeah. else's stuff. Stuff in order to have something. Yeah, and to go back and to when the they, biases, and when they use it, they don't even use it right because apparently they were trying to set up a replicator and they killed themselves. And I'm like, seriously? The thing is, they're using the trade technology, which means they are aware 
of technology and how to use it. And the the narrative, the, the episode itself kind of gets, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because immediately upon meeting the trade, the crew of the Voyager decides to enter into an alliance with the trade. Slave owners, you know, previous slave owners. Yeah. Because, you know, they believe in the spirit of openness and trust and believe that trade had the capacity for change, which is not something they are for the Kazon at yep, all. Yep. The Kazon aren't believed to be anything more than what they are. And this goes back to the sort of genetic predisposition for violence yep. that we talked about mm. uh, with the Jim Hadar and with the Klingons, really. And so, I mean, to be fair, I mean, if you even look at the facial ridges of the Kling- of the Kazon, they were knockoff Klingons. They were knockoff Klingons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but so, darker skinned as well. Yep. A lot of brown makeup being used here. Weird noses, dirty hair. Yep. Um, you know. I mean, at least the Klingons' hair moves. I mean, the Kazon hair don't move at all. Look, Jim Hadar, they just had the Jim Hadar just had don't to pull move. back with the braid. And it's like, serious? <laughs> Like right. my hair on a bad hair day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, look like, like, it, I don't even know what's going on there. But well, Raina, I didn't want to say it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of these. I'm proud it's, of these coils. It's, it's kind go. of uh, yeah. It, okay, it's, but it's, if the wind blows against Ray's hair, it's gonna it's move. move. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's gonna move. It's gonna move. The case on won't move at all. Uh, and so they put a know, little bit of that gorilla glue in there. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened because they don't use technology, right? They didn't read the label on the Gorilla Glue. And as a species, they all spray their stuff. It's part of being uh, being drummed uh-huh. into the new Kazan Ogla Crips. Kazan get sprayed. Bloods, like. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are a few more like discussions of the of the case out, but I kind of feel like I have to like drive this home in alliance. I'm sorry, I'm gonna harp on this episode because it is the one that I find the most offensive about the Kazon uh representation in Voyager. So there's a moment where Janeway tells the 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 Kazon, yeah, I'm working with the tram, I'm working with your former masters. What? What of it? I'm trying to bring peace to the region. And the trade representative, Mavis, says, hey, let's have a summit with the leaders of the Kazon and come to a peace accord. So they discover that someone is about to try to sabotage the meeting. And Janeway doesn't think twice about it being anyone other than the Kazon. The Kazon are the only people capable of trying to sabotage this summit and kill everyone. Turns out, no, it's the trade that she just allied herself with. That we're going there to kill all the rest of the Kazons because newsflash, they're bigots. Like, you know, this guy's still a bigot. Exactly. And she didn't take the time to find out. She just trusted him immediately. And that's not something she gives the Kazon. It's not something she gives. Like, she even gave the Vidians more understanding. And they're, yeah, out and they're the ones who want to take your organs. Yeah. yeah, they want to try and sell your liver and stuff yeah. on the black right. market. They, Serious. Were still, they stole skin. They were stealing organs. Didn't they still need his lungs? Yes. They did. They took a dude's face. Like, wow. old dude lost his face. His whole mug gone. Wait, like a member of Voyager's crew lost his yes. whole face? Yes. His whole face. Wow. Yes. So much. As a matter of fact, the episode trying to seduce uh, fully Klingon Balana. <laughs> the name of that episode is called Faces. Does he face. get his face back? No, no he's, he's dead. dead. Oh, they harvested all his organs, including his whole mug, okay? Wow. Dude just, he got, he got murked in the worst way. <laughs> There was yeah. Nick, Nicholas Cage and John Travolta. It was. Because that one is horrible for a completely different point. But okay, so like, here's that was the a thing about point for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about the Kazon, though. Once Voyager leaves the Kazon face and Kazon's behind, later in season four, we get Seven of Nine joins the crew. And what we have later in this episode called Mortal Coil, Seven of Nine starts to talk about the Kazon. And we've, we've already mentioned that these are sort of black stereotypes. So here we go with, here's a little sort of screw you to, to black folks. Mm-hmm. She goes, why assimilate a species? And she's talking about the Kazon that would 
detract from perfection. The Kazans were not even considered worthy of assimilation. Like as a species. As a species, not even worthy of assimilation. So that's what we're dealing that with. That makes my head hurt so bad. Like they're a Paclid Borg. We've seen <laughs> the evidence of Paclid Borg. Borg apparently have standards. Wow. And the Kazan don't meet it. And so these wow. are people who were able to overthrow generations of enslavement. And I'm not trying to advocate for someone being assimilated, but how dare you? Yeah. That people who are able to kind of throw off the bondage of slavery aren't even worthy of being yeah. part of your race. Like, come on. Yeah. See, now I want to see in Discovery them find the Kazon and they have like this amazing civilization that they locked off from everybody else. Right? Like oh, Kazon yeah. Wakanda. <laughs> hey! Hey! Or Kazon or uh, Wakanda Jim Hadar, like for real. Exactly. These two species really need some redemption in disco, um, assuming they're still around in 32nd century. Like, can yeah. we get them some love? Please. They both deserve it, you know, because they were basically one-off black people in both cases. They and were, I, but I it's also it so like, much. it's annoying because it. it seems like these shows are trying to work out their their problems with black culture. Yep. And this is operating under the assumption that black culture is violent. Yep. Like this is what we are. And I don't. It doesn't sit well with me. It you know, doesn't it doesn't. Well it, it, it doesn't seem like a surprise that these move these series came out around the same time as the movie Crash, because that's basically what that was. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. You're, you're talking a, about the one with uh, Tandy Newton. Yes. Where well, it was see, I thought that was in 21st century, right? Like, isn't that like after that 2000? Later. No, I'm, the but um, what's it called? Uh, Voyager came out was was out around the same time as Crash, and I mean the people who made Crash were contemporaries of the writers who created Voyager. And what it sounds like to me is you've got a bunch of, you know, white Los Angelinos who are trying to work out their problems with uh, with black folks on TV. I can agree with that. I mean, I, I don't understand the purpose. These are people who don't have any true understanding of it. They're like reading the papers and going, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is stuff. Star Trek. Let's try to let's try to talk about it in our own way and failing spectacularly. Yeah. <laughs> they listened yeah. to a little Biggie and a little Tupac, and they autom- automatically knew what was going on. Yeah, <laughs> not not understanding the context, the, the exactly. context and nuance behind it. Yeah, and the history. absolutely. And, and you know what? Not Nog was supposed to be like 13 years old going out exactly. there to murder people to become part of this gang. Exactly. And it was like, oh, he will be able to protect his siblings now. And he had no choice but to join the gang, apparently. Yeah, no choice. He had no other option. You know, this is just what you do, young blood. <laughs> That's basically it. Wow. It's so, it's actually, it's oh, Star, Trek huh? Star Trek The Wire. Oh, <laughs> Yo, we have a, what's her name on Discovery? Was it Kima? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael's mama. I just want to see the episode where they say, Tia, I hate that. your Where's background, course? just so you know. It's got <laughs> it's it's on. And it's uh, just horrible, y'all. Y'all think just for the, like, the Kazon because Borger is basically saying that if these folks had still been enslaved, the space would have been peaceful. Uh, wow. Because, you know, if these people weren't out there and they're ga- having their gang wars, Voyager would be able to go through space quickly and safely. Same thing wow. with the Jim Hadar. Without the Jim Hadar, would the Dominion really have had that much power and hold over the Gamma Quadrant? Absolutely not. not. No. They, they they were basically they, didn't have shock, they were they were shock troops they were they were they were lambs for the slaughter and that actually goes into how black soldiers in the United States have been treated um especially for up up to um world well no it's it, it was yeah Vietnam um because black regiments were purposefully put on the front lines um especially in World War One the Harlem Hellfighters them dudes 
those weren't expected to come back and most of them didn't because every assault we're going to get these black units to be the front line and to go out first and to soften up the enemy and again uh same thing with same thing with the civil war if you ever watched the movie glory um they talk about that how the 54th regiment of massachusetts they were again frontline soldiers um at the end of it they were the ones who led the attack on fort sumter they were unsuccessful i mean they got in a little bit of ways they, they were the only regiment to actually break through the 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 walls and make it a significant um, amount of distance into the fort but they back up couldn't follow through and, and and actually take everything over so again more failings of how the jim hadar were were coded black soldiers on the front line essentially mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I just i don't know star trek is successful in a lot of their portrayals yes. of races i think the vidians were a overall a more interesting race in in voyager than not creepy right creepy patch work people but then the, they seem to be falling back on just this this fear of these dark-skinned others for the kazon and the kazon appear a lot more than the videos yes. yes they they're, do. they're tied in to multiple two episode arcs because of course voyager's not like ds9 <laughs> doesn't do season long arcs but it just i wish I kind of wish we were not the people that get used when people want to work out their their racial anxieties. Yep. That. Yeah. No, it's it's true because in all honesty, in modern media, if it's not black people, it's it's Latin people, and if it isn't Latin people, it's some indigenous group. Uh, now, whether it's and now it's been the Middle East. Middle yeah, East. Now well, yeah. Now it's yeah. Now it's African Middle Eastern people and northern. Yeah. Now it's and, you know, now also with the with coronavirus, we have the Asian community is being attacked. Exactly. Yep. So, well, it's it's resurfaced. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. More mainstream. It's, it's more readily uh, happening than it's it, than it than it's had in several decades. And so here we are again with trying to work out grievances with minorities, races. Yep. So I would ask this question, and I'm going to ask it again when we finish part two. But in the new era, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, do we do we see more of the old reliance on racial stereotypes or have we sort of moved past that with a more diverse writer's room? I'm going to say we still fall back to it, but because the writer's room is more diverse, uh, it's not going to necessarily have all these problems specific to only one race. I think because someone tweeted out, uh, someone tweeted out um, different pictures. They had like Odo and then the, the the female changeling, and then they had Data, and they had his brother Lore, who's his his evil twin, and, and all of that, and like one or two other characters. And it was based on who you look doesn't necessarily mean uh, this is who you are, or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, it's it's pretty good. That that was a pretty good quote to talk about. Star Trek and, and how it tries to do diversity, but um, I'm hoping with this new era of Trek, um, yeah, we could talk about problematic individuals, but let's not blanket it as a whole alien species is just like this. They're, they're all like this. They have no redeeming qualities. So I'm hoping we don't see that particular trope resurface. Well, that's, you know, I'm I'm going to disagree with Dre largely on that about the larger, um, the newer era. I don't think we see it as much. I think they're a lot more conscious of it. And I think they spend a lot of time pointing to previous Trek's failings. I you know, thought I said things, that. I don't, I didn't think I so. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, then I don't disagree with you. Then I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what I was saying. I, I, I guess I need to say that I don't think they're doing it with an entire alien species. I think they, you know, are like, y'all, um, we can't do this with one whole species of people. Um, individuals, yes, absolutely we see that. But I mean, Lorca was Trump, so... <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and that's what literature's supposed to do. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to point. You're supposed to be, have an allegory to what's happening today, so you know you can understand the yeah. story, really. But uh, I think a, a lot of uh, the newer stuff is really you know calling attention to the failings of past track. You know, lower decks hangs a, a, a lampshade on a lot of it. Um, yep. Tia, you mentioned earlier about the the Ferengi um, that's uh, paid to act like a stereotype. And, um, you know, we've got uh, the Orion character and see, I'm going to be bad. I don't remember her name. But uh, there you go. <laughs> her whole character is based on the fact that she's not like the Orions that we've been uh, exposed to over the course of Trek. That uh, no one in her species is really like that anymore. Ever, they've got individuality now. And uh, that's really, I think, what we're going to see a lot more in this new era of Trek is uh, a lot more, you know, drilling down to uh, we're not going to see, you know, mono character species anymore, mono culture species. I don't think we'll see like a this is a warrior culture anymore like the Klingons were. Everybody's good. People They're not people. a monolith. Oh, exactly. Imagine oh. That. They're not a monolith. Having oh. <laughs> a balanced story, having a balanced telling of, of people, of cultures, is, I think, important. If you're going to show the good and the bad of one group, you better not forget the other side. Yep. You know, uh, We don't want anything to be lopsided or forget erasure is very important. It, you know, like That's something that's a, been a problem. A lot of our education, yep. <laughs> American education system, is removing the details that you don't like you know mm-hmm. or the people in power get to tell the story well no 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 no, we're not going to do that anymore you which know? is right. an, which is an interesting one because in a lot of ways discovery tried to redo the klingons and that yeah. was a big thing and it's just like well how like are we interested in course correcting or are we interested are we going to pull like a, a an enterprise where we have to go back and explain why things were a certain way or do we just give a fresh new take i don't know what are the 32nd century klingons like we don't know accountants <laughs> poets <laughs> it's a whole species well, of, of office workers with the the klingons right they're already poets they have opera yeah you know yeah. the klingon opera is Worf's favorite thing so it's not as if they're not cultured yeah they they're just don't just showcase well, yeah enterprise gives us klingon lawyer yeah, yeah. we find well, out they have a star trek six gave us a klingon lawyer yeah, they have a sophisticated judicial system. So, well, you know, Enterprise is like, well, <laughs> well, Enterprise in Enterprise, I mean, I, it has high points and I I did enjoy it um for what it was, but I ain't going to lie as if it's in my top 5 Star Trek series cuz it ain't. Um, <laughs> Say what you said. Uh, yeah, yeah. Say it with your chest because I'm there too. I mean, I, look, I like the can, ship. Y'all can ask me in person once COVID is over and I'm at a convention. Dre, how, what do you, where do you rank Star Trek Enterprise? Near the bottom. <laughs> Near the bottom, okay. What is the bottom? Um, let's see. Uh, We're way off topic now. <laughs> we are. <laughs> um, so there's Deep Space Nine and Voyager are up there at the top, and then I got Lower Decks, and then Lower Decks is at two. Um, three is gonna be TNG. Four is gonna be Lower Decks, and then five is gonna be Picard. Lower Decks, yeah, so you lower decks at two. <laughs> Oh, wait, I did? Oh, dang yeah. it. Oh, shit. You know what? I'm tired. Like, it's good, I put you on the spot. I put you, you on the did. spot. You did. Okay, we'll do that on Twitter. This is not related at all, but I'm sorry. Lower Decks, I have beef. How are you going to have this woman, Beckett Mariner, call her mama a bitch? These are black people. Are you serious? Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that ain't happening without consequence. If we can ever get Tawny on the show, we can ask her. 
We're going to wrap up here. Thank you for listening. I think we have a couple of shout outs. Joey Lopez, thank you for your tuning in and your contributions to the podcast. We truly appreciate it. Everyone on Twitter who is retweeting and quote tweeting us, you know, sharing their views on what we're chatting about every, every time we're on here. We, we truly appreciate you. We love the feedback. Keep it coming. Thanks for the love, y'all. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So join us next time. We're going to pick up this conversation by covering a few more of your favorite Star Trek aliens. So join us next time. Deuces. Peace out. Bye. Later, y'all.